This is Al Pacino, and you're listening to two motherfuckers who I like to call my friends, me amigos, Juan and Joe, the podcast, right here, cocksuckers, hoo All right, what's up, everybody? I am back. Um, man, I saw it recording. I thought that was meaning I was recording. Or I saw it flashing. All right. Uh, so, I just got back from uh, visiting Brad. And uh, I actually tried to podcast on the way here realized just now that I actually hadn't podcasted at all because being that I thought I hit the record button, which I did, didn't realize it was actually on pause because it was flashing and it was actually supposed to be, uh, I'm just disappointed. Ah, I never, I never was able to record, uh, because the whole time it was uh, flashing. And I even saw it. I even saw it. It was flashing. Flashing, flashing, flashing. And uh, never occurred to me that I actually wasn't recording. So um, I had a whole entire conversation with you guys completely not realizing you'll never even get to hear it. And I am extremely pissed off about myself for doing that dumb shit. So, anyhow, um, I do have the mic on this time. I definitely double-checked. Let me do that. And uh, so, yeah, I went and visited Brad today. Um, I went and uh, visited Brad today. I did, as I said earlier today, said I was... Uh, Coming to come visit him um, early Saturday, and um, he didn't know I was coming, so it was good to see him, and uh, very exciting to always see him. I was uh, very excited to come see him, uh, you know, today. As uh, man, but I just got done. I just got out, uh, get done visiting with him. Now. Uh, earlier, uh, a couple episodes ago, or I can't remember exactly what it is, I had um, I had mentioned that I hadn't seen him in uh, you know 24 years. It's the first time I've seen him since we were kids, since 1994. And I saw so last that was about a month ago that I first finally got to see him, and and so you know this is the second time I went to go see him, and, and so it was one of those things where. Um, where, uh, let's see. So I hadn't been able to see him for 24 years. Just crazy if you think about it. And, uh, I was able to finally see him, like I said. Now, this is finally the second time. And I want to try to see him as much as I can because he, right now, he's in Cal- uh, California. He's in Arizona. And, uh, you know, he's going to be getting shipped back to Nevada eventually. So... 
they said they're gonna start shipping them back, you know, in November. Uh, sorry, in uh, June, but they should all be back by November. He doesn't know which group he's going with or when they're gonna be shipping them out. So I want to try to get uh, as many visits as I can with him to see him before he has to be sent back to Nevada, uh, which would suck because I've said it before that place sucks and haven't tried to visit because they just the staff there is not is completely unhelpful they're they're rude as hell they don't ever want to fucking do anything for you and it's it's just it's just very difficult to um it's very difficult to uh see anybody there you know it's just it, I mean, at least my experience. I don't know if anybody else has any other different experience, but you know, it was it was difficult there. But at least here, much easier, much better. They're very helpful and, and cordial, very nice. So I hope when they go back, I'm able to do it. When I was just talking to Brad, he said that they're hoping and that it's possible that because they do such an extensive uh, background check on on you for being there to be as a visitor, and that initially the request goes through somebody in Nevada that they're hoping that because I would I was approved here that that list will stay um, will stay just as the, as the visitors list will still stay approved um, even when they get back to Nevada so let's let's hope let me see hold on I gotta see uh, Siri take me home just want to make sure I take the right roads here real quick Um, all right, so anyhow, um, yeah, just got done visiting with him. Uh, we were there, I was there for, uh, let's see, 9.30, two and a half hours or so. Uh, it took about 10 minutes for me to get there. I, I, I arrived there about 9.30. You got to fill up all this shit, blah, blah, blah. I was there for a hotel. Finally got done at 9.45. By the time they wanted to, by the time they were, uh, they sent an um, officer back to come get me, it was about 5 till 10, and luckily we were able to visit for a little bit, it usually goes till 12, we were there to get, we were able to visit till about 12.30, and so at least I was there for two and a half hours, and it was a, it was a fucking good time, it was really, really good to see him. And I'm definitely going to have to, I think, come a little bit earlier next time. Um, that just went by so quick. So so next time I just got to get my goddamn lazy up, my lazy ass up, and just come in, come over here early, and be so I can visit with him for a little while longer. It was. It was good though. It was fun. I again, god damn it, I'm still mad at myself that I hit everything prepared. <laughs> uh, we always talk to ourselves. I know we always talk to ourselves. <sighs> damn it. I thought I had it recording on the way here. I know I'm trying not to think about that so much, but I had some good shit on my way here. I can't say it again, or if I do, I can't remember it. But I wanted at least say, hey, I w I'm going back, I'm going to visit Brad and so forth, and then tell you on the way back, what, you know, it kind of sucks, so, sorry, I'm going to be frustrated about that, I'm going to keep probably going back to it, but, ah, uh, I am a little frustrated, so, 
Yeah. So I just got out. Uh, we had quite a few stories again. He told me a couple new things again and new stuff. It, it's it's crazy, um, you know what he says and what he what he's gone through. And uh, again, uh, relived the the first time he arrived to Ely and um, and how fucking scared it was and and how crazy it was and. He said it was definitely a whole nother level. Now, the last time, sorry, that I mentioned, so I have the mic. I have the mic here, you know, kind of by, uh, kind of, uh, by, by my lap, you know, and it, it's a road mic, like a shotgun mic, and, you know, it looks like I, it, when I'm looking down, you can, it almost looks like I'm talking to my penis. It's like, okay, so the mic's kind of on my lap a little bit, so I don't know how the audio is going to sound. I hope. I hope it sounds pretty good for you guys. I hope it sounds decent. And, um, um, uh, yeah, it's like a, it's like I got a, it's like my dick is just, like I'm talking to my dick. Except it's big and black and has a, uh, uh, furry thing on it with the tattoo on the side of it that says road. Not my first choice for getting a tattoo on there. Um, oh, before I forget, sorry because I had said this before I left and of course again like I said I didn't have it recording like a fucking rookie but today is a, is a you know Juan and Joe podcast and it's just me today I'm running solo today uh, Baden is not with me on this trip and um, it's kind of hard it's a little harder for him because he uh, he you know he's not on the visitation list so Last time when he came, he was he was being there to support me. He was being, he's a, definitely a, a good friend to be able to be there for me and just to support me because he has to drop me off and then he has to head out to find something to do or kill time. And we're talking about Eloy here. And if any of you guys have ever been to Eloy, it is uh, it ain't shit to do. I mean, uh, it, it's I, I don't know what what you would even. I don't even know what you would even compare it to. There is nothing out here. I mean, as far as he, like, there is nothing to do. It's not like he can just go and kick back. I know he went to go to a park and then got hit on by some old fag or something like that. Uh, but, like, there is absolutely, there's absolutely nothing to do in Eloy. Like, the town is so goddamn small, it's, it's, uh, you, you, you could pass the entire town in five minutes going 35 miles an hour. I mean, at least the part that I saw. But, you know, I don't expect... I don't expect Baden to come out here all the time because, you know, he has to drop me off and then head out and then there's there's just nothing to do. So, it, it's a little bit different for him. I want to come see Brad a little bit more. So, today, I am running solo. It's still the Quantum Joe podcast, but... I am running solo today. You can listen to a couple of the episodes from before where it's Baden and I and on the road to Eloy and then I forgot the name of the other one. So, you know, you'll just hear me today. I hope that, I hope it's tolerable. I hope it, I hope it's okay. I hope it works out. I'm, I haven't done one by myself. Um, I know some people do, but, you know, they already have a name. <laughs> it's like a Bill Burr and... Theo Vaughn, like they, those guys already have a name. So doing a podcast by themselves probably isn't as as odd as it is for somebody like me. But um, 
but yeah, hopefully at least it's decent and and you guys enjoy it. Uh, um, so on that note, yeah, now that I I'll still keep talking to my my make believe penis here. I hope the I hope the audio is good though because I you know I don't know how it sounds. I didn't have time to check it. You'll probably hear the car and so forth. And I actually have the AC on because. And I don't think even you could hear it, but right now there's just uh, it's it's pretty warm over here. Uh, so back to uh, yeah, just got the, just getting out visiting Brad, and um, able to have the uh, the uh, well kind of like the lunch that we we used to have when when we were in high school, uh, which is a a Mountain Dew and a Snickers bar. At least that was his. Mine was the chocolate pie and uh, a Mountain Dew. That's pretty much what mine was. And, uh, sorry, I gotta pass this guy up. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So anyways, um, so yeah, so they have a Mountain Dew there. They have a Snickers bar and the vending machine. Oh, yeah, so the vending machine actually worked this time. So I was actually able to get uh, buy him a card or buy me a card and put some money on there, and that way we could uh, I could buy him something. So uh, we did have part of the high school lunch. Um, he, I got him a Snickers bar. Unbeknownst to me, it was actually an ice cream Snickers bar, not your regular ice cream. I mean, not your regular Snickers bar. It was an actually ice cream one. And of course, I didn't realize that until I uh, got because it was like cold when I when I got the vending machine. I'm like, shit, man, this damn thing's cold. And of course, I'm thinking, shit, this is ice cream, and it was. And then, of course, it says ice cream there, but it's it's not the. Not like it's massive there, but I mean it, it's good enough for you to you know for it to be legible. Um, but still, got him the ice cream one, and then he wanted a burrito that uh, I told him you know be careful. We all know those fucking burritos. You put those things in the microwave. It's like putting napalm in your mouth. You know I mean that that not only does the thing burn you know three or four layers of skin from your mouth, but it just oozes everywhere and you can't you can't do anything about it I mean it just it just spreads everywhere and uh, I got him one of those and I got him a Mountain Dew and so <clears throat> I told him I was like hey be careful you know how these things get he's like yeah yeah we'll let it sit for a while and then he uh, he did and he took a bite and and there he goes it fucking got him he st- still got him even after he waited he's like oh ah. he's just kind of sitting there leaning back and and he's like, uh, yeah, I haven't had one of these in a while. I forgot how hot they get. His fucking mouth is just fucking on fire. And so, you know, if any of you guys, or most of you guys know, man, you, you eat one of those, uh, you heat one of those burritos up in, in a microwave, you're just fucking asking for trouble. You're asking to burn the shit out of your mouth. That's that stuff sucks. But they're still so good. And plus, when you're hungry, you just you can't wait, you know, oh, that's got to be sometimes one of the most miserable times, um, so we had, so we got, I got him a, a Mountain Dew, and, uh, and, uh, an ice cream Snickers, and, uh, burrito, he seemed to be happy, he fucking, uh, loved it, and it was, uh, it was good, it was good, um, 
So we kick back for a while. Um, I gotta make sure I'm taking the right turn here. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, it was it was it was great to see him. He sent me a letter that I haven't read yet that I will be reading here. I'm sure pretty soon. I mean, not today, but definitely pretty soon. And he said that he sent me some pictures in that, so, so I can't wait to check those out. I did ask him about uh, a few things. One, um, um, well, how, how many visitors did he actually have, or how many people actually visited him? And he did say definitely that it was just Lane, or the, the friend from back home from Big Five, and me. And now Lane Lane had brought his daughter, who I think at that point now had a also a, a son of her own, I believe. And um, and so they came visited him for a little while, like six times he said something along along those lines. And then you know, and then I came and visited him um, just recently. So he definitely hasn't had many visitors at all well just really Lane and his family and and me in all those many years that he's been locked up so I couldn't remember I wanted to make sure and I mean that is uh that is a tough thing and that is really sad to hear but you know he seems good he still looks good he's in good spirits and you know, we were. I was asking him. You know, again, how how that whole time of going to Ely, how how that experience was, and and you know how how he felt and how scared he was, or or you know like what he thought about it. And yeah, he's just he was just saying like, man, I was fucking scared shitless, you know. And then he had to like earn his you know stripes. I forgot what he called it. They earn his something, but you know he had a lot of. Um, a lot of shit he had to uh, to endure, and you know, at 19 years old, you're going to fucking maximum security prison, <clears throat> and that's your new home, and you have a ton of people there. He said he was in a like a fish tank when he arrived there. They put him in a fish tank, and he was there with like 80 other people all together, and. Uh, and it was nuts that he said it was just there and uh, eventually, you know, they they put him in their homes and their cells and stuff like that. But yeah, he said it was a definite, different experience. It was scary as shit and, um, and yeah, I mean, he's like, you know, I, he, he wouldn't course back then he said I wouldn't admit it of course but now yeah but he's like I was I was scared shitless you know he was he was petrified and uh I mean who wouldn't be at 19 you're going into maximum security with uh you know a lot of criminals a lot of convicts so he was just telling me all that stuff that he went through the you know the rules that they talk about or the rules that they they put in place but it is so crazy the life that they live and the life that they lead in there. I mean, it is a straight-up community. And then the levels of you go through as far as level four, two, or level four, three, two, one, then PC and and uh, just just the stuff and the changes. Not only that, but the changes. I'd asked them about because they were talking about. Sorry, they were talking about. Um, 
or somehow we got to the conversation about talking about uh, being in the hole and what what that does and you know it does that really have an effect as they say and and so forth because I've always actually wondered that I know that you know we have all heard on the outside that never been in that type of stuff uh, how what, what the hole is like and if it's true does it make you crazy and all that shit and um, and so I asked him and he said yeah he said that shit will definitely you know break somebody there's no doubt about it and he goes there's some people that get broken and some people that actually stay pretty strong and Brad is is luckily one of those that has got a very very strong mind he said the meditation helped him a lot there but he said here in Arizona actually is worse than it was in Nevada and they put you in the hole and he says it will it will make a fucking guy lose his mind um, I, I mean, we're just saying, I mean, I'm sure a person, maybe, I mean, even a girl, but we're just talking in general as far as him and being in prison with, and, you know, dudes, but it's straight up just, um, make you lose your, it'll make you lose your mind. And, uh, he said, it, it, you, you have to try what he said, they call you, you find a routine and you have to stay in a routine in order not to drive yourself crazy. And so one of his routines was, like his routine basically, everybody has a different one. His was that they give him food, and he gets the food, he puts it to the side, he saves it for later, goes back to bed, then wakes up, then eats, uh, then he would um, do his exercises. It was like burpees and anything else that they could do for exercises there. Um, so he said he'd wake up around 8 or 9, that's when the activities start around as far as the people start walking around and, you know, officers start arriving and things like that. And, uh, and he said, so that's when he would get up. That's when he, then he eats and he does his exercises and does everything, the burpees, whatever he can. And then, um, and then after that, you know, he's, he like clean up. Oh, he'd take his, uh, what he called the bird bath. So he'd take a little bath, clean up, um, wash all, or, or, or tidy up the, tidy up his house, as he says, tidy up my house, and, you know, read, do some studying, whatever, whatever I'm reading, whatever I'm studying about, and around three o'clock, I finally turn on the TV, and kick back, and watch a little, a little television, and, um, and he says, that was his routine, routine every day, and if you don't have a routine, it'll definitely drive you, it'll drive you fucking crazy, so, it very, very interesting, um, life as far as that goes and then he said the first time that they actually put you in the hole they only give you a mattress and sheets and that's it nothing else uh for about the first day or two or three days and then they will eventually uh bring you maybe like some books or some you know or or maybe a lamp or or something like that along those lines um as you stay in the hole longer he has been in the hole many a times. There's a lot of times, not not nowadays really, but back in Ely days, he was in the hole a lot. I mean, there's many a times where he would get send me a letter and he would say, "Sorry, man, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I couldn't write for 30 days, or I couldn't write for 60 days. You haven't heard from me for a while because I was, I was in the hole." And he'd been, uh, he did, in, he did two years in the hole one time. And he says, and, and, and granted, like maybe he got out for, you know, after a month, he might got out for a day or two or a week and then go back. Uh, but that's, 
what he called earning his stripes at that time. That's why he was always in the hole because you have to do certain things in order for you to rank up and a lot of those things are going to put you in that hole. So that's how it started and, and so he did that routine. But he says, yeah, he says in, in Arizona, I think it's worse. I don't think they give you, when I understand Arizona, they just give you mattress. At least in this prison, they only give you a mattress and sheets and that's it. They don't give you anything else. So it'll drive you a little bit more insane. He learned to basically meditate in order to, for him not to lose his mind completely because it will, it will break you. And so, um, so he, he would do a meditation to a point where he would try and, and, and think about his earliest childhood memory and, and try to remember that and, and think about that and focus on that. And that's what he would do a lot of the times. And, um, and that would help him get through these days in the hole. Um, and he told me this thing about one time he was, he was in the hole and he had thought of this childhood memory about being in a, uh, like a, a little kiddie pool, you know, when he was a kid and there was like this board, it's uh, like a two by four and you had these cars on there. And this memory came to mind to him and, and he ends up writing his mom or no, he called his mom cause he, he could, he could at least call her said, Hey mom, was there a time where I had like a kiddie pool and I was, I was, I had some cars on a cars on a board or something like that. And I was able to like play with him. She goes, yeah. And she's uh, and, and he, and he says, oh, I remember that. And she says, how, how can you remember that? There's, there's no way. And he goes, no, I remember that. She goes, yeah, but that was when you were like one years old, one year old. And he was like, wow. I mean, it even surprised him. He's like, really? I don't know, but I remember it. And she goes, yeah, yeah. We used to put you in this out in the yard. We used to put, we used to put the, uh, fill up the, the, the pool with water, a little bit of water. And then you just have a board and you play with these little cars. And he's like, do you have pictures or anything like that of, of those times or, or, or of that of that time and and she goes yeah yeah I think I do and I think she eventually sent it to him and yeah it was just something to help him but he, it helps him focus and helps him to be okay on on that type of stuff as far as getting through that hole uh, and those times in the hole so it was uh it was crazy I was just very curious about that because you always hear about stuff in the hole and and what it does to people and, and does it really do that to people and how much of effect does it have and and sure enough it, it, it definitely does um, and yeah and one of his friends that he's in here with that's uh, from Nevada just got out he had just done did two months um, not sure for what but he just did two months in there so it's definitely no joke and I can understand that I mean I even told him I was like man I fucking remember you know when you were grounded to to your room or you know some along those lines it doesn't matter where you're at but you know just just think about like when you're grounded when you're grounded to your own room and uh and you're not able to do anything or or you know how how bananas that will make you how crazy that will make you because you, uh, 
you don't have anything to do. Like you're going, you're going insane. Yet you have so much to do, and even more nowadays. Now that you're now now in this age, day and age, we have you know we have different things we can do now, um, that will keep us occupied or keep us entertained, and uh, and it's so crazy. Uh, you know how 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 much that will drive you nuts, and they're in the hole with even less. And you know, I, I can imagine. Of course, it's gonna break a guy. And he's uh, and he said he's like, you take a man, and you put him in a hole like that, like in a room by himself, it will drive you mad. And and he says it definitely can do that. I know. I know. I mentioned when he arrived to Ely that one time, you know, for his first time, but I couldn't remember exactly, so I wanted him to tell me again. It was very interesting at that, at that time when, um, when he said he had to go and, and how he had to fight somebody and knock him out. And, you know, it's the the rules there are crazy. Oh, he was telling me about how the rules also go and, and how, um, you know, stabbings that have occurred and, you know, that he's probably been part of. But not only that, as far as like the, the stabbings that have occurred and uh, like why. And, and, and he says that there's reasons. So there's a few different things that he says uh, that stabbings occur. Because you're not going to get, says you're not going to get stabbed for nothing. You get stabbed because you did something or something happened. And, uh, and, and so he was just telling me how how that how that transpires I'm gonna change later how that transpires with that type of stuff and and he says you know depending on the severity I guess you could say of the I guess quote crime type of thing that's that depends on um, that depends on you know what type of warning you get and uh, and so he says what's he call it DP or something disciplinary Oh gosh, I forgot the word to it, but it's called DP, and um, and so you break the rules, then they basically will. Um, well, he says you got you kind of have two choices in a sense. Well, that where they will tell you that you um, where they would tell you like a, a couple guys will come and they'll tell you and say, all right, um, you fucked up. This is what happened. So they'll tuck you out to the yard and make you do basically burpees and exercise and stuff like that till you fucking puke. And if you don't do that, then they will take you back into the cell and then just basically work you up until, you know, you can, you, you kind of, um, can't walk anymore to a point, you know, just beat the shit out of you. Um, second, he says, you don't have a choice. You just get the shit beat out of you. And um, and they beat you down. And then I think the third is, you know, any other severe consequences as far as could be stabbing or they just send you to what's called PC, protectional custody. And he calls PC, where they refer to as PC, is basically where the pussies go. It's the pussy yard. And that's where your levels are as far as level four, level three, level two, level one, which is the regular yard, the regular prison. And then under beneath level one is PC, and that's what they call the pussy yard, and they're protected. And you know, before I guess he said that PC was completely on lockdown all the time. At least in Nevada, it was. 
now they're able to now they have their own yard and they're able to to kind of live a little more freely but from what he said before it wasn't like that they were always on lockdown the entire time so it's basically if you want to just if you're a person that can't stick up for themselves or can't fight for themselves like or you know chooses not to because you know you're a pussy or you're a bitch or something like that you'll basically go to pc and just do your fucking time because you're you know you're not meant to cut out to be a convict type of thing so that's what happens either you get stabbed or you go to pc or you know um depending on how many times you've committed a crime and the severity of it and what you've done and so forth so there's a oh there was an accident i wonder um so it just depends on a lot of different things and the severity but he says yeah if you have any any type of sexual assault um you know or or whatever whether it's rape or you know rape those pedophilias things like that yeah, uh, he said that's an instant stabbing. There's, there's no, uh, there's no warning. There's no help. There's nothing. That's just the straight. You're getting the fucking shiv and getting the knives, and that's just how it is. And, and it definitely does happen. So, that was crazy to hear him say that. Uh, he was telling me back in the day, you know, when he first arrived there, that there used to be what they call uh, prison punks or house punks, which is where the uh, guys that were um, homosexuals would basically um, be property of somebody. As as we've all, I think a lot of us in in, in this generation of of a mind of the you know the 35s, 40s, 45s, 50s, they you know we know we've heard about that type of stuff on TV, uh, movies, whatever. And he said that 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 really doesn't that doesn't occur anymore in Nevada and uh, and he was actually one of the people behind that rule change and so when he went there in the past the older generation of prisoners would have house punk uh, yeah house punks prison punks and they were they were guys that were homosexuals that would clean your room do your laundry, um, sexual favors, things like that. Brad doesn't agree with any of that as far as as far as that type of stuff goes. It's, you know, sexuality, um, but, but the homosexual thing. Now, this is very interesting, though, because what he said and, and kind of how they put the rule in place actually now does make, make more sense in this fashion because, again, this is a society. This is an entire community that works together. But he had said that, um, when he went there, you know, they had them people and then, and then, so you were a property like that, that, that prison punk was property of that, of that other person. And to have that, you were, yeah, that was prestige. That was privileged to have, um, somebody like that in your cell. And then when, when Brad was finally able, when Brad finally got into the charge, he wanted to definitely decided to change that because he's like, we're not going to have that, that this, this, you know, homosexuality is just not something I agree with and so forth. So they changed that. But the other reason he changed it, and, um, and this is where it's crazy how, again, how their community and how they run things is he said, listen, this is another thing is we have people that will do that, um, that, that, 
that you know are homosexuals that will do that but they got the, the market cornered they're getting paid also for 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 the stuff that they do for you know their the their prison daddy as they call them and and they have that and and so they make they make a decent amount of money so they got you know hundreds of dollars he said in in their in their cell while he said there's another kid down like a little white kid your young kid that can't get any money or can't do anything or can't work for anybody or get any coin because uh they have the whole thing um they have the whole thing cornered they have, they have that market cornered so they also figured into the fact that hey if we don't allow this like you know only well he said that they still you know yeah you, you homosexuals they can do their thing they can they can still do what they want to do because that's that's them but it's not going to be treated as it was in the past and he said that um one one reason was is that they didn't want to, he didn't feel it was right or unfair for them to be able to have that whole market cornered. It was like a little maid, basically. They didn't want that market to be cornered and for them to, only ones, that only group of people to be able to make that money off everybody. And so he wanted to be able to open that up to, any, for other people that maybe just want to do time and and uh, and are willing to, to do other stuff for other people to to you know make the money to uh do the laundry or whatever it is so it was actually it was like he kind of said as far as the fact of hey it opens up opportunities and opens up jobs for other other uh, other inmates that you know aren't aren't gay or anything like that so uh it, it's very very uh, very interesting how how they work all that stuff and, and how they put that together um, I, I just find that stuff fascinating, really. And, and as you can see, it's just the politics, and it is. It's, it's, it's on the inside, but there's a lot of how that organization works. So he felt that that was the best thing to do, and that's what they did. Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely an old-school type of thing that they used to do, and that was, that was accepted, but not anymore. Not, you know, not anymore. Um, And, uh, the, man, there was a few other things he told me. What the hell else was he telling me? Uh, oh, by the way, so I put the vending machine in there. I, you know, so they finally had that card, the card work in there. So I, I, I put 20 bucks on this uh, card. And like I said, we went over there. I got something for bread. He was looking at the goddamn price. He looks at the Coke and he's like, and it's like two bucks. And he looks, he's like, holy shit, when I'm inside there, I can get it for 70 cents. I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, water is two bucks. And here, I could get it for 30 cents in there. So I told him, fucking, next time I come visit, then he could bring out the fucking water. And I'll pay him 30 cents for that shit. Um, but, of course, cost of living is also a slight bit different. It's a little bit more skewed than it is here on the outside. <clears throat> uh, what else? Man. I'm still talking to my black dick here. Oh, yeah. If you guys hear anything, like... I mean, hopefully you don't. You know, if I... Any other noises, you know. Maybe it sounds like a fart or, or something. I mean... Um, that's probably what it is. I was... Uh, I, I grabbed a Snickers bar before I bounced from there. I was going to get my... I had my pork rinds, but... I seriously doubt you guys are want to hear me fucking crunching on pork rind. I mean, the last one, I, the last time 
we were coming back from there. I was eating beef jerky, and <laughs> sorry to know you guys, but man, I was fucking so hungry, and uh, I needed something to eat. So, um, so I was eating that. I didn't want to do the same thing on this one. Um, it is, it is nuts to talk to him about the shit that we used to talk to and, or what we used to do and, and it's crazy the stuff that he's had to do in there and what he's gone through, uh, it is just, it's just another level of living and it is, it is, it is not easy. He said it took him about a year in prison to finally calm down. I think for some people it would probably take longer, but you know, he's like, it took me, uh, it took me about a year before I finally was, you know, not looking around, which I said, like, you know, not, not acting like a scared rabbit. I mean, you ever see a fucking rabbit and, uh, you ever see a rabbit? I mean, they're always, I mean, you imagine living that fucking life like a rabbit, like always stressing out, you know, eyes are always bugging out, fucking ears going all everywhere. They're eating and then like looking up. I mean, you're constantly afraid of death. It's, it's fucking insane. And, yeah, that's along the lines of what he fucking lived like for for a long time. I mean, I know there's still some of that in, in there. I mean, he said, like, last time he told me, there is definitely always a, a, you know, a little bit of endangerment there, no doubt about it. But nonetheless, not like what he was. Because back then, he just like, oh, he was fucking, he was all, like, you know, a little, definitely a little, uh, uh, skittish and scared back in the day. I mean, who wouldn't be? You're fucking 19, 160 pound fucking kid, you know? And then, uh, and he said he talked to, I forgot what the, one of the inmates is, a, a black guy here that's, that's from Nevada, but there with him too, that he just saw him give him a hug on the way here. But he said, yeah, we almost killed each other in, in Ely one time. I mean, we were there, we were fucking fighting, we were ready to fucking kill each other and, uh, ended up not, not happening, I forgot how it finally, how the whole thing subdued, but, yeah, he's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely such a, a, a fascinating, um, way, and, and, and not, not, not a way that I would want to live by any means, um, but it is fascinating what they, what they do, what they, what they've gone through every day, he was telling me he was, uh, weaving, he's, little pieces of like construction paper because he was weaving them he was sitting there weaving some shit before they they, they told me I had a visitor because he was sitting there with this I think it was a celly at the time yeah his celly I don't think he's living alone right now and he was like weaving some you know these extra papers like weaving them within each other I, I guess almost like a, a basket in a sense so uh, I said, uh, oh, so it's like fucking prison knitting. He's like, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's actually, that's a good word for it. That's exactly what it is. And he goes, I'll send you a piece so I can, sh- so you can see what I mean. But he said he was there with this Ellie and he's, you know, you know, doing his shit. He's busy. And, and he said, Hey, they opened the door. He's like, what the fuck do you want? He's like, I'm busy. Leave me alone. He goes, you got a visitor. And he goes, wham, threw all the shit off the fucking, off this little table or bed or whatever. He's like, I'm out. And that's when I came and fucking uh, rescued him from uh, prison uh, knitting, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so, yeah, it was crazy. He actually beat me there this time. Uh, you know, last time I was waiting there for a while, for a while, 
and this time he was the one waiting there. I came in and, and saw him, but um, man, it was fucking. It was. It's. It's. It's a lot of fun. I. I wish. I really wish I could hang out with him. You know, just at home. Uh, it, it. You know, it's cool to be able to kick back there, but you can't fucking do shit. You can't. I guess to a point, it's good. I mean, because. Yeah, I guess to a point it's good because at least you're not distracted by anything else. I mean, most of the time when we're talking with somebody, we're out to lunch with somebody, a lot of a lot of people, you know, are on the phone and shit and looking at stuff. And and, I, and sometimes I can understand that. You want to show people things like, oh, shit, did you see this? Or, oh, like, this is what I saw the other day or, you know, whatever. And, and or, or maybe you haven't seen somebody in a while. Like, oh, shit, look, I found, you know, here's so-and-so. And you show them and, you know, you're sharing images and and pictures and shit like that but you know you can't do that at the visiting center I mean I you know we can't do shit about that as far as showing each other anything photos nothing like that but I guess part of it is 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 kind of kind of cool I think in a way because um because now at least we're not you know distracted with phones and and we're at least giving each other uh, the undivided attention and we're just having a conversation and I think you know that doesn't happen as as often as it used to people just can't have a fucking conversation anymore you got to have your goddamn phones with you the entire time but you know to me of course I would love to have my phone but I'd probably be showing him more shit than I would be talking to him so part of it is actually a good thing but man, the shit that I could show him, you know, that, like we've done and, and uh, the stuff that I've done. And I mean, it would probably be so much fun, but, you know, can't can't really can't really do anything of that. But I am going to send him a couple pictures. I forgot I have to write a couple notes down, notes down about like maybe what I need to send him and a couple prints that I need to do so I can send him that shit as well. Yeah, he tells me a lot about the prison politics and and um, and what goes on there. I'm telling you, those uh, those those boys, those dudes in there, run a fucking tight ship, and it is, uh, and you have to follow the goddamn rules there. I mean, this isn't no verbal warning, and you know we're not gonna be able to do this because it's gonna hurt somebody's feelings, like this bullshit out here. I'm telling you. These motherfuckers that these these new kid these really young kids that are going through this PC stage they fucking start going to prison. Well, prison might might eventually adapt to that, but you start going to that shit, it's another level. Um, they're gonna be fucking crying every day. Oh, and which reminds me about the about the hole. Is that he says now they actually aren't allowed to put you in the hole for more than 60 days in a row because uh, it's like, I guess, cruel or inhumane to a point is, is kind of what they they said. So so nowadays they don't allow that. So things like that have definitely changed, which is good. He says it's just they said, I guess it's not it's not right anymore. So. Um, so, yeah, so. That's actually a good thing for the most part. I mean, I'm sure some fucking people might deserve the whole. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm as far as the way he told me. He said it's just crazy how that could really break a man or break a person. Yeah, he told me. He told me some some heavy shit. He told me the day about the day that he went. Was it, was it the day he got arrested? 
Well, he did tell me a couple stories with a friend of ours. So, uh, well, there was, this is, so Brad kind of went off the deep end one time. This is kind of when he, unfortunately, went off the deep end. So, as I mentioned, there was four of us that always hung out. We were just, I mean, we were always together. It was four of us, him and I and two other cats. And um, it really happened when Brad's dad passed away. And it just took him to another path, to another path, to another level. and took him off the deep end. And and then that, that started causing a lot of shit. And then he, at that point then... Um, you know, got, they started getting fights with his mom a lot, and then they weren't getting along anymore, and, and so, he, I think, eventually ended up getting kicked out, or his mom kicked him out, and so then he went to the other friend of ours, um, well, we knew, we knew him as, uh, he, I'm not gonna say his name either, but, um, but he went there, uh, moved, ended up moving in with him, and, started really getting into some more, you know, drugs and some, some crazy, some crazy shit there. So, so he unfortunately starting to kind of, you know, spiral a little out of control as, as some of us do. And a lot of us do, or, or can relate to that, you know, suffer through something that's, that's rough for us to deal with. Uh, some of that, some of those are, uh, some of us for that is like, you know, the passing of a, of a, of a relative and, and things like that, and that really took him in really into another level. And um, and so there was one time. So the four of us, one of one of us, um, his dad. We used to just call him dad. Was dad and mom, and they were awesome with us. They were always great to us, and and always. I mean, they were so fucking cool parents. They they were just the best and we definitely listened to them a lot if we didn't listen like if I didn't listen to my parents I'd definitely listen to them so we had two sets of parents in a sense and they were fantastic they just really took care of us and in every way of the word and um and and helped us through a lot of shit as well so they're always there to support us and help us and thanks to them and there was one time that and we 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 had a lot of respect for them and one time uh dad and mom saw Brad out in the yard of somebody that they kind of lived close by saw that I saw him out in the yard and dad pulled up and said what the fuck are you doing and they got in this big old yelling match now we would never actually talk back to mom or dad that was uh, not not the thing we we would do and and uh Again, Brad was just kind of fucked up on drugs and, and alcohol at this time, so it, he, his mind wasn't right. He just wasn't thinking straight, and so he ended up getting in an argument with him, and they almost went to blows. And you know, Dad kind of t- was telling him like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And you know, you got to get your shit together. And he's like, "I'm fucking got to do what I got to do." You know, it's just an argument ensued, and then Dad said, "Get in that fucking car." get in that fucking car, Brad, or I'll take you in there myself, and he's like, oh, I want to see you do it, old man, you know, and then Brad just, and then dad just kind of nodded his head and just fucking walked off, and mom gave him a hug, and, you know, he started crying and shit, and it's just one of those things, you know, you're not thinking right, and 
you look back and you just fucking think you don't realize it. So anyway, so they got in this big ass fight, and then he said like a, I can't remember if it was a few weeks later or something. He saw him at the gas station, and and he told he's he went up there and he's like, hey dad, what's up? And and then he just said, you got your shit together, yeah boy. And he's like, no. And then dad just kind of walked off, and he's like, and that's the last time I talked to him on the streets. And then. Um, then he had another not with dad but he ends up he ended up uh uh what do you do we were, i think we were at a oh yeah we were at a party well not necessarily a party but we were uh at, at the park watching this band or whatever and and we used to have this place called joe's pizza there too and 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 so anyway it's kind of by the park and we were um we were, um, yeah, kicking back to just watching like a little band or something like that. And he got in a fight with, at that time was his girlfriend, Brad did. And, and at this time, this was Brad and he's with the other, the other friend of ours and he's hanging kind of living with them and they're kind of hanging out and oops, sorry. And so shit blew up. I know that like I left a couple of us ended up finally leaving and Brad had walked off and then uh, they ended up going to another kegger to another party, and he got fucked up there. And then there was, and then a few days, how was it? Oh, well, I think a few weeks after that, we were at the park. They were, you know, we were at a softball game. That whole cops and uh, cops versus uh, uh, what you call it, cops versus uh, fire department type of deal. They, um, you know, were playing, and then Brad and we getting a fight with. Uh, another guy there one time now i know brad at this point sounds extremely violent but he wasn't that type of person he'd be cool until he'd blow up i actually i'm i was a lot like that too and he would just fucking you know he just lost his mind but at this point remember i'm saying like he just wasn't in his right mind at this point anymore so he was uh you know he was a little on the impatient and, and very very aggravated side and just wasn't uh wasn't doing well so a lot of things would set him off and so he ended up getting a fight there and so anyways after the conversation or after the argument with with dad and all that shit and then the fight with his girlfriend he said yeah and, and he said two months later he was arrested so I can't remember how long it was before he kind of split from our group of four a little bit. He kind of uh, he kind of split from ours, and and we tried to talk to him, and and we even had you know our conversation within ourselves saying, hey, we need to get Brad out of there because he's just not in good shape, and it's just not a good thing, and you know, but but he was pretty fucked up at the time. Um, and he was just telling me, you know, that day, like, if he would have just gotten that fucking car, he just remembers that shit that he should have listened. He should have listened to dad. And he, he feels that if he would have not, if he would have listened to dad that day and actually got in his fucking car, that might have never happened. And he might have been um, here on the outside right now. So kind of crazy to hear that. And it's, it's, it's a shame, you know. But he doesn't. He doesn't live by the what is. You know, he just thinks about it like shit. If I, I only, sh- I, I should have listened. You know, but that's kind of 
sometimes, you know, we're kids, we don't, we don't fucking realize how little we know and the, sh- the dumb shit that we do, but uh, it was crazy to hear him kind of tell me about that story, um, just, it's just so strange, and, you know, and of course now I don't talk really to any of other the two guys we used to hang out with, um, one of them just turned out to be a just complete asshole, and the other one, I don't know, I mean, he's, I've tried to be friends with him, and he's, I mean, he's cool, but he just doesn't, uh, I don't know, he just, he's on another, he's doing his own thing now, I guess you could say, I, I don't know, anyways, so, uh, so yeah, um, crazy shit that we all used to go through, the parties that we used to fucking be, uh, go through and, and, and put on, and man, did we, uh, did we raise some hell back in the days, it was, uh, it was some shit that I can't believe how the hell we even, how the hell I even survived out of that, but the whole fucking getting money, or, I mean, getting, uh, booze out of the liquor store, and just having piles and piles of booze, and, and alcohol, I mean, hard liquor, beer, fucking dope everywhere, people, you know, like, they were dropping acid, I was just fucking hammered and drunk, and fucking lived by, they lived by just a little biplane, a little airport, just a small little airport, and I mean, the shit that we used to do, I mean, I remember the, the, the amount of alcohol that we would just consume and the pile of of bottles and cans that was by the staircase that was I must have been it must have been six, seven feet high, this mound of basically empty alcohol and all sorts of shit. That 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 what weekend just blurs together. It was about probably a three day win binge of of, of what we went through, but it really now just blends together as one night to me. I, I, I remember parts and pieces of it, jumping off the roof onto the mattress and jumping onto Ducky and almost taking the life out of that poor fucking bastard, and then uh, uh, Brad jumping off and then eventually um, gets bounced into the fucking sewer shit pipe that was leaking kind of right by there. One of our other buddies at the time completely fucking missed the entire uh, mattress and fucking landed and on the on the ground and damn near fucking broke himself. I mean, he was pretty fucking, uh, you know, not broken necessarily as far as broken bones, but definitely a little hurt and uh, and was you know knocked the wind out of him, slowed him down quite a bit. Luckily, that he was probably high as fuck and drunk as shit. And that helped him uh, go through the pain and, you know, helped us through a lot of shit, in a sense. Uh, but that was a hell of a night. Well, hell of, hell of a few nights, I guess, in a row. Man, that was some good stuff. That was, um, that was a lot of fun. But, yeah. Uh, here, I'm finally arriving back into Phoenix now. And... Um, and here we are, uh, again, be able to see my, my boy for at least a little bit, and I will be at least be able to work on a few things now, 
uh, here as soon as soon as I go back and you know we're gonna be work I'm gonna be working on an animation that I have uh, that I'm working on so there'll be a couple animations coming well definitely one I don't know about the second one I'm hoping the second one my buddy a friend of mine who actually works um, as a DJ and is one of the, the, the big uh, big people that actually um, uh, one of the morning show hosts I guess you could say he uh, hit me up to do an animation for him and um, that's what I will be uh, hopefully working on he wants to do the voice so I'm not familiar with uh, with this video or I wasn't he sent it to me and maybe you guys are a lot of people with kids out there but I'm gonna be hopefully be doing the animation called Baby Shack which is essentially a parody oops essentially it's a parody of Baby Shark uh, that fucking music is will drive you up the wall the thing will drive you mad and it's a it's a little bit of a of a creepy video, honestly. I, I mean, I think it to to a point. I mean, it's a kid video. It's just weird though, and ugh, ugh, that song. I'm just it's not it's not creepy as far as that case goes. As far as like what gives you like the weird. Ugh. I was just thinking about the song that it just it will get stuck in your fucking head and make you make you a lunatic. Um, but it's it's gonna be a, a, a you know pretty much a, a parody of that video, but it's gonna be Baby Shack and he said he wants to sing it and I'm gonna animate it. So hopefully for that uh, that's coming. I have another one called Randy for Randy the Stunfish or something along those lines, and it's a bit that he did as well. But he just kind of said uh, he it's a voiceover his. It wasn't scripted. It just he just kind of did it on the on the on the whim on a whim and then uh, I, I'm gonna animate it because I thought it was hysterical and then we shot a video another one of hold my beer watch this that uh, we shot last weekend which is where I which is why I couldn't come visit Brad last weekend was because we were shooting a video of hold my beer watch this and it's a new one we have our buddy Kyle in this one and helping us as well he will be joining us on uh, more videos. Thankfully, he's, uh, he's his time is limited too because he does have a wife and four kids. Two of them are quite young, but he's a good guy to have on our on our team. And I hope hope he sticks with us and stays with us. He loves to do the writing, man, and he's fucking good at it. He likes to organize that stuff. He has a lot of connections with acting. And with actors, so that's that is all so so helpful. But he does a lot of writing. He loves it. Um, the writing for me, I, I I want to be able to do more, but it is the hardest part for me. I just I just don't like it as much as I like video. I mean, as far as like the editing, uh, directing, or just being behind the camera, or even acting, uh, that's just the, the the tougher one for me to have to do. But um, but. Kyle loves it, and we actually have a couple, a couple more videos tentatively planned uh, to shoot. And one of them, a couple of them, are ones that he's already uh, written out. And uh, the one that we just filmed on Saturday was one that Baden wrote out. I actually have one that I uh, already wrote out as well, another Karma one. So um, 
So that one will be scheduled hopefully soon. And, um, and, and now that I already have the, now that I have the script written out, we should be good. Um, so we should be good with that. Uh, but I will, I haven't, I haven't even began editing the whole my beer watch list that we just filmed last Saturday. And that's one of the things that I want to get to today. Uh, it's a, uh, I can't wait to do it, but I've been working on the animations, but that's why I kind of, that's why I wanted to go visit Brad today and, and wanted to go early today. So I have a little time afterwards to do uh, a little bit of work. I would have gone to the cars and coffee this morning, being that they always, the, well, the biggest one is first month the first Saturday of every month today is the first Saturday of March and then they have another uh, good one on the third Saturday of every month but the big one is on the first Saturday and it is fantastic so that's where I would have definitely gone to and would have been um, but I wanted to go visit Brad today so I did not go there this time <clears throat> so I did I, well, I, I didn't make it there this time and I do you know I do the the vlogs there for with cars um I've just put one up just recently and we'll be putting up another one this week on another vlog with uh, cars there's a lot of supercars there at these uh events and they're free which is fucking amazing there's a uh, you know there's Bugatti Veyrons there's 488s 458s uh there you know Ferraris Lamborghinis, uh, Aventadors, Hurricanes, and like Lamborghinis, SVJs, SVs. Um, I mean, there is some good, great, great stuff. There's some amazing cars. A couple, uh, I've seen a couple Ford GTs, the the newer model ones. You see a lot. You see some of the old ones too, which they're both look really good. Saw not uh, a while back. I saw a Ferrari, La Ferrari, which don't see those very often. Saw one of the, one of those there, black. Uh, that thing was just ridiculous. Saw a lamp. Uh, sorry, a Ferrari Enzo at one point there. I mean that shit you never see. That's a rare treat. One of the ones I saw a car was also the Pagani. Roadster, Hayura, Hayura, I think, something like that. And that first time I was able to able to see one of those in real life, and that was that was absolutely amazing. I, I mean, seeing those rare cars and those 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 vehicles, man, you just can't it just can't get enough. The last time I went there a couple weeks ago, it was an F50 Ferrari F50. That. That might have been the second time I've seen one of those. That, that's crazy. You did, you don't see those anymore. And this thing was just iconic. It's just amazing looking car. Really, really good shape. It's just, it was, it was just fucking nice. Uh, I mean, just so many vehicles. It's, 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 it's so nice to be able to do though, to be able to shoot these videos. That to, to have. The opportunity to take this photos and take videos of this so i got some b-roll that stuff in those vlogs you'll see some b-rolls of these cars i saw i have some b-roll cinematic b-roll of the uh pagani i think it came out quite nice um and i do a lot of photography and and, and um 
you can see the photography there and on, on my Instagram account, which is Jose Meza underscore creator. I have uh, quite a few there as well. But, you know, don't forget to also check out our YouTube channel, which this podcast is on the YouTube channel. It's just there's nothing to watch, but there you, you'll be able to listen to it there if you'd like. Um, you know, we have the animation there, the vlog, just the regular videos, and then it, it's, it's, we always have something going on, but yeah, that's where I would have been today, uh, checking out those cars today. Um, but it was, uh, all in all, it was, it was a good day, and I'm still able to work a little bit more, do some, uh, some fun stuff, and maybe cut, I think I'm going to cut the video together today. See if we can get this bad boy out here pretty soon. And we should be shooting probably again in another couple weeks, maybe another few weeks. Would love to be able to shoot sooner, but all of us work at the same place actually. We all, all three of us have a five day work week and those two have families. So their time's a little more limited than mine. And uh, I'm always down to shoot because this is what I want to do, shoot some videos and, and photography and whatever it is. So, um, you know, make sure to check those out when you get a chance. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, earlier I was, I forgot how I even came across. Oh, yeah, 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 because um, so last time when we were, when I was, when we were heading over to go see Brad for the first time, I, uh, I I made sure I had gas this time because last time it was on a Friday night. I went to the gym. I figured, okay, I have a little bit more than a quarter tank of gas left. I'm gonna go ahead and, and fill up so that way I'm ready for you know for Saturday for Saturday for when we leave. And of course I go to the gym and I completely space it and forget to put any gas in the truck. Didn't even think about it either. I mean, completely forgot about it. Then next morning comes around and I said, "Shit!" I was like, "Oh yeah, I, I forgot. I had to, I had to put gas in the truck." So I'm running a little, you know, a little behind. So I figured, okay, I'm gonna go pick up Baden, and when I go pick up Baden, I'll, uh, I'll go, uh, you know, fill up then. No big deal. We're good. Pick up Baden. So goddamn pumped and so excited. I mean, first time we're seeing Brad. We're going to be doing the podcast. Like, we got all this shit going. So we are just, just pumped. And lo and behold, as we're rolling in the middle of nowhere, going towards Tucson. Um, because it's between Phoenix and Tucson that I'm going and uh, I looked down and completely forgot that I didn't put gas in. I was so goddamn excited. I, I, I didn't even think about anything else until I realized I looked at my gas gauge and I'm getting close to that light coming on and forgot that shit. I never put gas in. Luckily, there's a couple little small uh, villages or towns on the way there, Eloy being one of them, but of course I was still a little ways away from that were able to pull off into this little place called Casa Grande and pick up and, and put some gas in because god damn it running out of running out of gas on that freeway that would have sucked 
and at least I mean yeah it's in the middle of nowhere and there's a lot of people so I'm sure eventually somebody would have helped but we all know most people just fucking roll by they don't they don't they they have other shit to do they're not gonna stop there and, and try to help you and that would have that would have just sucked I've ran out of gas before and it's been a long long time when I was a kid I mean I was driving an old older car gas gauge was completely broke so all I had to do was all I could do was guesstimate and um and yeah uh for to you know forgot a couple times not to mention you know uh gas will evaporate so you might think you have more than what you think until of course you run out of gas because um yeah some of that gas evaporated and you don't have as much as you think you do so that sucked and it happened to me a few times and you know I was, of course, I was, <laughs> I was young and just had an old car. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to school full time. I'm working full time and, uh, and I'm not, you know, we all, it, it, the, for those of you who've been through that, we all know money is, uh, money is an object. <laughs> we, uh, we, we definitely are broke as shit for most of us. And every fucking, every little bit counts. So, gas is extremely important. And I just, I, I, I can't remember why. I just spaced it, I think. Or I thought I had more. And, yeah, I ended up running out. And that fucking sucked. And I, and I, I don't know if I have enough time to tell the story. Because I'm almost home, actually. I'm home in about ten minutes. But... Yeah, there was this one. So I'll try to tell it real quick. So there's this one time um, I used to work at the zoo. Uh, yeah, feeding the real animals. The real animals. The humans. They're the worst. So I was a, uh, I worked in the food service in the snack bar. And I was a food service was it shift leader, shift supervisor, whatever. And, uh, but, you know, that was before I was that. Not that that was much more money, of course. But anyways, so I used to work there. And I had an old car. Um, uh, breaks my heart just thinking about it. It was, a, it was actually a 1970 Mach 1 Mustang. And uh, I don't want to really think about it too much more because it, it, it hurts uh, what happened. So anyways, I had it. That's, that's the car that I moved down here from Vegas with. And, uh, and you know, I didn't, I didn't live entirely too far from the zoo, really. I mean, uh, it wasn't far at all. But there was two places you parked at the zoo. There was, well, there was the, the backside of the zoo. Mmm, backside. Yeah, that's hot. Uh, yeah, so, uh, backside. So, there's the backside of the zoo. And, um, and then, of course, there was the front parking lot. And, of course, as an employee, they don't want you to be parking on the front because, you know, you don't want to take up spots. So they have a, uh, a backside. <laughs> it's like saying that. The rear parking. And, uh, and so, you know, me, I, I was relatively new there, uh, you know, probably a few months in. And I want to, you know, I'm going to follow the rules. Like, yeah, just park right there. I'm like, all right, cool. It's not, not too much further, but it's there. 
Well, if you park in the rear of the zoo, it's probably about, I don't know, maybe six or seven miles, but it, it's just a loop. And then if you park, you know, in the, in the, the front parking lot and you actually like go through the front entrance of the zoo, it's probably five minutes from where I was living. So it's a big difference as far as the distance. Well, I was parking the in the rear in the rear in the rear of the zoo. I was coming back one time and I fucking run out of gas, and uh, I was like, uh, and I couldn't believe it. it was the first time I ran out of gas. I didn't know. I, I was just guessing that's probably what it was, and there I was. I was like, shit, and um, I then have to try to somehow get this car off to the side of the road because it just died on me of course it's like foot sputtering and then before you know it I, I you know it dies in the lane um it stalls out basically and then uh and so i'm thinking i don't know how i'm going to move this thing because i'm you know i'm not the i'm, I'm just about 145 pounds back in that day and luckily this cop ends up coming and somewhat to a point helps me out gets out hey what's wrong don't take it right out of gas. Oh, okay. Let me just push you over. You know, I'll push you to the side, to the side road. And that way, you know, you're out of, out of harm's way. And I'm like, all right, cool. That sounds good. And that's about all the help he gave me. I mean, shit, he could at least give me a ride to the next gas station, you know, of anything. And so forth. And maybe cops aren't allowed to do that. But, you know, this is, again, this is, uh, see, 2019. Yeah, it's probably a 20, 20 years ago. And I, and I always thought that cops were there to protect and serve the community. Uh, so, yeah. He's like, all right, well, I hope everything goes better and you get it taken care of. And then just fucking drives off. I was like, shit. And I was just beside myself at that point, you know. First of all, how stupid am I to run out of gas? What an idiot. And then I hope that's what it is because I don't know if that's exactly what it is. Car problems to me were like my biggest stressor. I mean... I don't lose sleep over a lot of things. That is definitely one of them, especially back then. I mean, you know, car problems are never fun. But when you are a full-time student just trying to, you know, make a living and, you know, you you have a job that just doesn't pay much and you're going to school, and, I mean, again, just broke as shit. So I'm just hoping that it's out of gas because who knows what else it could be. But I'm still, like man, I'm just, you know, I'm disappointed in myself, I'm pissed off at myself, Ah, so finally, I don't know what else to do, so I start going, walking towards home, and around this area is a a golf course, so of course there's nothing going to be there, I'm, yes, I'm in Phoenix, but there's nothing, there is absolutely no gas station, nothing like that between where I'm out of gas and where I go home because the golf course and the zoo are taking this entire area. I mean, the entire, this whole area, it's all the way home. And ironically enough, the, the only gas station is the one that's right around the corner from my apartments. And I mean, literally around the corner. Uh, I used to walk to that gas station, which was maybe a three minute walk to go get you know hot dogs that day or maybe grab uh, some beer or something like that that's how close that gas station was so i don't know how the hell i didn't i ran out of gas i I mean i I could say time was tight but come on 
So anyway, so there was nothing there. Nothing. No stores, not shit. So I end up having to start walking towards home. I come across the clubhouse of the uh, of the golf course, and I, I thought, hey, maybe they have a phone there. And um, I thought, well, maybe. And I had this, this girlfriend at the time, and yeah, she was a fucking psychopath. And I'm serious when I say... She was crazy. I, I know I don't have my mo- I have my moments and I'm not perfect, but um, she was uh, she was just an asshole, really. And um, and I figured I, when I when I saw that that uh, the what you call it the little you know the club <clears throat> the little bar I, I thought well shit maybe they have a phone I can use maybe at least call her so she can come get me. Or at least get some gas for me or whatever. Somehow get some type of help. I call and I'm and and I'm just like, hey, I'm you know, and I'm I'm I am you know very upset about this bullshit. I'm pissed off myself, but you know, I'm telling them like, hey, I'm out of gas. God, can you come get me? Cause I, I need to get gas, I need to put gas in the vehicle and all that shit. And she, you know, she's she's I don't know if she's partying with some people or think she was also hanging around with some other dude I can't remember exactly but you know I reached out to her to try to call her and she was just like oh well can't you just walk home and, and get some gas I'm you know I'm 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 busy over here and I really can't come down there so that just infuriates me even more I mean she's supposed to be there to at least help me out but no she's rather be fucking partying and and hanging out with her her friends instead of coming and fucking helping my ass and I am like on the phone you know probably yelling or or at least fucking pretty loud and you know and no she's not gonna help me uh so I'm like I have to I have to hang up I you know I hang up and I got nothing I just hang up the phone and I'm like back to back home and I'm I'm definitely visibly upset and this whole time this uh this 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 woman walks out of the uh, of the bar area because the the, the payphone is like yeah yeah the, the payphone's like right outside of that um, yeah there used to be a, a thing called payphones I know a lot of you young people out there don't know what that is there is such a thing God I can't I can barely remember them and the the fucking germs I can imagine that shit <laughs> uh, so anyway. So I'm I'm able to use the payphone, yeah. And so I hang up, and I, and and so this lady walks out of the bar as I'm hanging up, you know, and and she looks over to me and she's like, "Hey," and I, I kind of turn over my guy and she's like, um, "Are you okay?" And I said, "No, I know." And I kind of she's like, "I heard, I heard you're out of gas, huh? And I said, "Yeah, I know." I was upset. And she was just so nice enough to be like, here, why don't you take these $10 and you can go, you know, get yourself like a cab to get you home or at least use it to get you some gas so you can get back home. And I'm telling you what, that was absolutely the most, the most generous thing somebody had ever done for me. I mean, even to this day, I I know it's only $10, but it was, it was just the, uh, the act of kindness that was absolutely amazing that you know here's this kid visibly upset and pissed off on the phone and god knows what the hell i was saying and she hands me 10 bucks to to just basically uh 
to, to, to do the best that I, you know, to help me out and, and get some, you know, get a ride, maybe get a cab, whatever. And I just was so grateful and it's so amazing that just, you know, that, that act of kindness just helps. And it was just very generous for me. So I wasn't spending that fucking 10 bucks on the cab. Hell no. I'm saving that shit for gas. So yeah, I decided to just chuck it home. And but it was amazing how much better that made me feel. Even though I was still upset with myself, it felt great, and um, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" So I went, and I and you know what? After that, I don't even remember how the hell I got gas. If I like, if I walked back, I probably had a friend maybe help me or give me a ride back. But I can't remember anything as far as like after I got after I got that. After I got that, uh, you know, that money and where I went to, whether I, I bought a, a gas can or nothing like that. I, I wish I could, but but nonetheless, um, it was nice to be able to uh, have that and, and, you know, and then to also know that it eventually it was just gas. And that was extremely grateful as well because... Uh, you never know. Sometimes you know. I'm not sure what's wrong, uh, so I'm trying to think of what's wrong, and you know, and I'm hoping it's just the gas. And I mean, sorry, I'm just getting home. And luckily, it was. So that was definitely something that oops, that I was so happy about. I was like, holy shit. That's a fucking wrap.